He is the only one who can. That He is the only one that can turn our graves, the, the dead areas in our lives, into gardens, places that flourish and bloom. What was dead can be raised to life. Do you believe that today? Do you believe that today in this house? Whether you're online, do you believe that today? Because He is the only one. He is the only one who can. Just shout to someone, say high five, say welcome to church, say that you're glad that you can see them. Tell them they're looking good. We are so glad that you have come to church today because this is where you belong. You know, today we are coming to the end of our campaign. Just on a little side note, we don't call them preaching themes. We call them campaigns because when you look up the word theme, that sort of comes and goes. But a campaign, we take you on a journey. So when we think and we pray about what, to, what God wants to speak to us as a, as a church body, they are called a campaign because we are taking you on a journey. And on this recent campaign, it has been about connection. We have felt the Holy Spirit speak to us about getting connected, that, that we are supposed to be connected to God. That is our purpose. That is God's purpose. That is God's plan for our lives. And then we are supposed to be connected to each other, to people. And we are supposed to be connected to the plan and the purpose that God has for every one of us individually in our lives. So today I have the privilege of summing up all that we have spoken about in the last few weeks. Have you ever been in a place where you felt like you just don't belong? You know, every one of you here today, you belong in this place, in this house of God, this place called church, and we're thankful you're here. But there are times and seasons or places that we find ourselves where we just don't feel like we fit or we don't belong. As a child, I moved around a lot and I went to nine different schools. So I used to walk into the classroom of a new school and I knew I didn't fit. I didn't have the same neighborhood as them yet. I didn't, I didn't have the longevity of being friends, of knowing everyone, or their friendships were already established and it would take me a while to get to know everyone and there was just this sense that I didn't belong. And so I would know that on my first few days, my first few weeks, that when you would be like waiting to be picked for the team in the playground and I'd be thinking, pick me, pick me, but they wouldn't pick me because I didn't belong yet. And I wanna talk to us today about where we belong. You see, the first thing is that we need to connect to God because we belong to God. We might not have the same accent. We might not have the same likes or dislikes. We might not have the same clothes or the, the same things that we enjoy or live in the same neighborhood or the same bank balance. But there is one thing in common. If you are a believer in this place today, you belong to God. If you are a believer watching online today, you belong to God. But what does that mean? You know, those of us that have got siblings or belong to a family, it feels so cool to have others around you. Others that you don't have to give an effort with, they just accept you as who you are because you belong in that family. I remember when I first said that prayer that some of you said at the beginning of this meeting, 
when I first asked Jesus into my life to, to come and take residence in my heart, I remember God speaking to me clearly that he says he sets the lonely into families because up to that point in my life, I had felt very lonely. I didn't feel that I belonged anywhere and I longed to fit and belong into a family of my own. And then in God's word, it actually says it, that that's one of his priorities. That's one of the things that he does to help us have a sense of belonging. He sets us into a family and that family is called the church. And just like any family, like an earthly family, in church life, there'll be those that you get along with and those that you don't get along with, those that you prefer and those that you don't prefer, because we're all different, and that's okay. We are asked to love each other. Sometimes I think, yeah, okay, I don't like them, but I love them. Well, because <laughs> we're all different, and we all belong. And when we belong, it gives us a sense of safety, of security, of being accepted, that, that we matter to someone. It helps us. Do you know that the greatest human desire, the greatest human need is to be known and to be loved and to be long? That's the way God made us. He fashioned us and shaped us to have that gap, that hole in our life where we needed to have that sense of I must belong to something bigger than myself. And when we find ourselves belonging, whether it's in a community, whether it's amongst friends, whether it's within a family, whether it's in a team or even your tribe or even your church place, when we have people that we, we know we belong to them, it gives us a sense that we can thrive, that we can flourish, that we can grow, that we could do anything because people have got our back. We are not alone. It is so opposite when we are abandoned when we are alone, when we have a people group around us, we know that even when we fail and we've got people that will help us through that, even when we suffer loss, as tragic as it is, we know that there's people to hold us up. Even when we feel rejection or we feel lonely, we've got a tribe of people, we've got a community of people that we can go to and help us through those times. I wanna ask you a question today. Who sticks around in your life Who's there to celebrate the amazing achievements and the great times to champion you on? And who is there when the times aren't so good, when you fail, when you mess up? Who is in your life that can pick you back up? Who is there that you have that sense of belonging to? Well, whether you have that in people or not, some of us don't and some of us do. There is one thing that I wanna help you understand today in this message, is that first and foremost, you belong to God. And once you realise that truth, when you understand that truth, maybe in your head or your heart, or you just try and hold on to that truth, when you grasp that, you realise that it is the basis, the building blocks of all your other relationships. Any relationships that you attempt to build without knowing that you firstly and foremostly belong to God will only suffer and flounder. In Psalm 100, it says this, know that the Lord is God. It's he who made you. You are his. You are his people and the sheep of his pasture. In other words, the pasture is the world, the earth, and we are the sheep 
And God is the shepherd and he has promised he is gonna look after us. He has promised that we belong to him. He has promised that we are his responsibility when we trust in his son, Jesus. You see, God established a connection point that through Jesus Christ, we have a relationship with almighty God the Father and then we belong to him. Some very clever people, researchers, they said that when people interact with God, when they pray, it stimulates something in their brain called a cingulate cortex. You can tell that I'm not that clever. But I found this really amazing that even science had some proof that when we pray, when we connect with God as our heavenly father, it does good stuff in our inner being, in our brain. Because when we pray, and they did tests to discover this, it stimulates cingulate cortex in our brain and that releases endorphins, that releases a sense of being known, it re releases a sense of being understood, it releases a sense of belonging to. How cool is that? Written by non-Christians. Further research said this, that religious people are generally the happiest and healthiest people on the planet. Again, they did measurements, they did research, they did tests, and they weren't biased. And their results said that people who had a relationship with God had higher levels of life satisfaction. They had less psychological effects when life's traumas hit their life. In other words, they had a safety, a security. They had an anchor knowing that whatever happens, they belong to him. Even our inner being is scientifically proving that we need to belong to God. And I love the scripture that says, in him we live and move and have our being. You see, I could have told these researchers before all their hard work, just read the Bible. In John 15, it says, you didn't choose me, but I chose you. And furthermore, God says, I chose you out of the world. In other words, God loves you. God accepts you just as you are. No, just, just get that for a moment. You don't have to prove anything. You don't have to become anything. Even in your mess, even in our mess ups, God loves us. He accepts us just because he made us. He created us. We are his and we belong to him. The very reason that you exist on this planet today is enough for God to love you and accept you. I just wonder sometimes if, if we really, really understood that we belong to God, that this could be a game changer in our lives. It could change the way we think, the way we act, the way that we worry, the way that we pray, the way that our faith is. If we could just grasp that one little truth, I belong to God. Uh -huh. And then I look at my husband and I think, oh, he belongs to God. Does that change the way I'm gonna speak to him sometimes? <laughs> 
Hey, look at your neighbour. Look at the people sat in this auditorium. Look at the people maybe sat in your lounge watching this. Right now, think of the people in your life, in your workplace, in your homes, in your streets. When you think that believers belong to God, will that change the way that you act and react to them? That they are a child of the living God. That they are a child of the King. That they are royalty. Oh, just check that before you speak in your anger. 1 Peter 2 says this, but you are a chosen people, but you are a royal priesthood because we have the bloodline of Jesus Christ. We are royal lineage. You are a holy nation. When we gather together as a body of believers, we become a holy nation where we encourage the presence of God because God loves to dwell amongst his people. You are a people belonging to God. Why? And it says this, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. You see, when you are a child of God, it's almost like you wear new glasses. You can see better. You can see more clearly. When you become a child of God, you see some stuff you didn't see before. Maybe you see the grass is greener and the sky is bluer, but then you start to get insight and wisdom from the gifts of the Spirit and you start to understand things that you didn't understand before and it takes you to a higher level because you belong to God and you are tapping into all the sources, resources that God has for you because you're a child of the King. You can see stuff that other people can't see. But I wanna ask you another question right now. I want to ask you, who has got ownership of you? Or what has got ownership of you? If it's anything other than God, then let's just start again today. Are you going to let the worldly stuff own you and use you? Maybe it's your boss that owns you. Maybe it's your job that owns you. Maybe it's your addiction that owns you. Maybe it's some relationship that isn't good for you that owns you. Maybe it's your fear that owns you. Maybe it's even money that owns you. I don't know what it is, but you do right now. What in your life has ownership? Is it God? The Bible often talks about the devil having a foothold in your life. And it says, do not give him, do not give the enemy a foothold, not even a little inch in your life. Because why? Because you, my friend, belong to God. And that ownership is exclusive. He has exclusive rights to you. You belong to God through Jesus Christ because he paid a high price. He paid the highest price. And when you try to understand that, then all the other things that try and take ownership on your life fall into place. There is only one that we need to please and his name is Jesus Christ. There is only one that we need to live for and his name is Jesus Christ. There is only one that can have ownership of my soul, of my life, of my plans, of my destiny and his name is Jesus Christ. Because I've got to tell you, your destiny is in his hands. Your future is in his hands. Your dreams are in his hands. Your hope are in his hands and your purpose are in his hands because you belong to God. What an amazing God we serve. 
And in Isaiah 43, it says this, do not fear for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. God knows you that intimately. He knows every hair on your head. He knows your name and he has called you by your name. And he says, child, you are mine. Did you get that? That's my first point, that you belong to God. You don't belong to anyone else. First and foremost, you belong to God. And anyone else you give yourself to, you do that willingly. But remember, every relationship that you give yourself to, if it's not built on that rock of Jesus Christ, it's not gonna be good for you. And it is gonna flounder because you are his. So we get that. The first one is connect to God because you belong to God. Secondly, we've gotta connect to people because we believe. In other words, we are believers. When we understand that we belong to God, we are called believers. And I've got to say that even before the fall, remember that in Genesis, before Adam and Eve sinned, before the snake said anything what he said, Adam and Eve, Adam especially, let's go back, Adam walked with God. He walked with God in the garden. He was intimate. He knew him. It was a friendship. And, and he walked with God. How cool could that be? Almighty God, the creator of heaven and earth, and Adam has a one-on-one relationship with him. But God says to him, even before Adam messes up, he says to him, it's not good for you to be alone. And when I looked at that, I thought, Lord, were you not enough? Were you not enough company for Adam? that you had to say it's not good for you to be alone. And so then God fashions Eve and brings Eve alongside Adam. And we know the rest of the story. It didn't turn out too well. But what God is showing us, that there are two elements to our relationships. The first one we've got to get right is our relationship with God, our heavenly father, through his son Jesus, our savior. And the second relationship is with other people. Because God says, I am going to create people because I want you to have relationships with people. And so we have relationship with God and we also are created to have relationship with others. I'm so sorry if you're a hermit. I'm so sorry if you're an introvert. I'm so sorry if you prefer your own company over others. But God says that I want you to be with other people. I want you to be with others. I don't want you to be lonely. And then I realized the amazing thing that God did way back then in the Garden of Eden, his first job that he did, his first concern to a tackle was loneliness. He loved Adam so much, he did not want Adam to become lonely and he made a helper for him. So it's God's blueprint, it's God's plan and it's God's purpose that we are supposed to do life with others, with other people. And throughout the Bible, it says, I will be your God and you will be my people. I will be your God and you will be my people. It says it throughout Genesis, every book right through to Revelation, you can pick up this theme that I will be your God and you will be my people. In Matthew, it says, we're two or three are gathered in my name, there I am with them. You see, when we gather together, when we come together, when believers come together, because it's talking about believers here, 
There is a power. There is a presence. There is a release of God's anointing. There is healing. There is miracles. God loves to dwell amongst his people. And so he encourages us. You can't do this life alone and be blessed. You cannot do this life alone and step into God's plans for your life. You can't do this life alone and do all that God has created you to do on this earth. You need others. And sometimes others can be a nuisance. But it's like that sandpaper story that God knows the right sandpaper or the right person to come and rub alongside you to smooth you out a little bit. We need others to teach us, to train us, to hone us, to enable us to come more like Jesus Christ. And when I look through Acts, it starts off with a group of disciples gathered in the upper room, 120 to be exact. And then there's a a preach by Peter, and then there's 3,000 people. And then later on in Acts 4, there's 1,500 people. And then in Acts 5, there's a multitude. In other words, God's lost count now. And in Acts 21, there are tens of thousands of believers meeting together. And in Acts 5.42, it says this interesting thing. Day after day, in the temple courts and from house to house, they never stop teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. God is all about people on this earth. That's why we need to get used to being amongst other people. We cannot be isolated. If we are isolated and cut off, we do not grow, we do not flourish, and we do not step into any of the purposes that God has for our lives. But then there are two principles here. In two places, they would meet in the temple courts daily and they would meet in house to house daily. In other words, they would have the big corporate meetings, the worship times, a bit like our Savoy Sundays that you are embracing right now. They would all gather together and do church and shout hallelujah and enjoy the amazing worship. And then also, what they would do from Monday to Saturday was go around house to house in their smaller groups because there's a principle. You could come to Elam Church Northampton every single Sunday, and every single Sunday, you could say, hi, I'm great, and leave, and not know anyone really well, and then struggle through the week. You're not building community. You're not embracing others into your world. And it's great that we can sit under sermons. It's great that we can enjoy the big worship. It's great that we can gather together and actually we are acting out a command of God when we gather together. Because God says, do not forsake the gathering together of the saints. But then there's a second command. And that is the one of of gathering together in smaller groups, going from house to house. And here we have our connect groups at Elam Church, Northampton. In Romans 16, it says, greet also the church that meets in their house. You see, even though you are meeting in a smaller connect group, that is still church. It's still got all the DNA of church as a big church, but it is more intimate. It is is where you develop friendships. It is where you develop a stronger faith. It's there where you find your voice. It's there where you can ask questions in a secure and safe environment. You see, we all need places where truth that we encountered on the Sunday 
can then be worked out and made real in our lives. We can't do that by just attending Sunday service church. We need to step deeper. We need to step higher and embrace a community of believers into our lives that can challenge us and change us and transform us. Ephesians 2 says this, you're no longer foreigners or strangers or wanderers or guests, but now you are fellow believers with God's people. And that means you are members of his household, his family. There's a difference between being a guest and being a family member. You could be a guest and come to our services and just visit and dip in and dip out for a while, just checking in. And on a Sunday service, you're more of an observer and a receiver. But then if you were to go a step deeper and step into joining a group, it's almost like you start to develop a family of believers around you. Believers belong. Believers contribute. Believers care about each other. Believers take responsibility. Believers take ownership. You know, if I was to visit my house and I saw dust on the carpet, because I am not a visitor, but it is my house and my family, I will get the hoover out and hoover it up. I don't expect my guests to do that. When my guests come, I do all the stuff behind the scenes and they just come and enjoy, stay, eat and leave. And Donna, our, our worship leader, she used to be a guest in my house. She used to come and her bed would be made and the coffee was on the go and the tea would be cooked and everything was nice and pleasant and the shower was clean, the toilet was clean. But now, <laughs> now she has gone higher because she is no longer a guest. She is family to us. And now she makes her own bed, she cooks her own tea, she cooks for us, she cleans up, and she does everything because she's family. And you see the difference? When we cross over from being a guest, from being a visitor, we then pick up responsibility and we become a member of the family because we care, because we're concerned, because we're concerned about this house of God, because we are in this house of God. This is where we belong. This is where God has placed us. It is our family of believers. Did you know that the fox only attacks sheep when they become isolated from the rest of the flock? Did you know that our enemy prowls around and he only attacks his best when we are alone, when we are no longer with the flock, when we are separated and isolated from others? Even Jesus had others around his life. But there's one thing that I saw Jesus had others around his life. He gathered people around his life, but he didn't just randomly have others. He didn't just let it happen. Actually, he prayed all night and then he chose the people that he wanted around his life. Yes, he would mix with everyone, but he chose particularly the people of believers that he would want to do close community with. And some of us, we just randomly just, just go along with things and just rub shoulders with people. But maybe... God wants us to think about it. Maybe he wants us to be purposeful. Maybe he wants us to be intentional. Maybe we need to pray and ask God, what community of believers do I need to start giving my life to? Because iron sharpens iron.
I think it's so funny that we cannot choose family really in the natural, but we can choose our spiritual family that we decide to open our lives to and become vulnerable to. In John 16, it says this, in this world, you will, you will have trouble. When you have trouble, who's your support? Who's your Christ community? Who's your encouragers? Who's your fellow believers that will lift you up? Who will share your trials and your temptations and they will strengthen you and they will help you, they will love you, they will care for you and they will connect with you and they are your family of believers. In Thessalonians, it says, encourage one another and build each other up. You can only do that when you're choosing to do life with others because you are a called out people. You are a gathered together, don't give up meeting together, body of believers. And that means we've got to look out for each other and we've got to make a decision and a choice that we are going to do more than just attend church on a Sunday, but we are going to start to open our lives up and have a gathered community along this journey. Many years ago, we went on holiday to a place called Tunisia and we had our kids and one of our kids had their friends with them. And I'm not kidding you, we didn't lose just one suitcase, but we lost two suitcases two suitcases on one flight. Eventually, we got both suitcases back, but there were two reasons for that. On the suitcase label, it had the name of who owned it. So you could see who the case belonged to because it said a name. But more than that, it's all right knowing who it belongs to, but it needs to know where it belongs, where it is. It also had an address. And so they could get the cases back to us because it had the name and the address. It had who it belonged to and where it belonged. And I want to challenge us today. Are you where you belong? Are you gathering with a group of believers, like-minded, that are helping you to develop your walk with Christ? Are you where you need to belong because if there's no address on your label, you might understand that you belong to God, but if there's no address label where I can find you, <laughs> I might not be able to find you to help you to step into the purposes and plans of God. Where are you? I need to know that you are part of this body. You've got to belong somewhere. So why not take that step deeper into belonging here at Elim Church, Northampton and commit to one of our connect groups and finally, the third point is that you connect to purpose. Your purpose is to be loved, to demonstrate, to express the love of God. It says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is to love your neighbor as yourself. Our groups at Elam Church Northampton are created so that you will be cared for that you will be prayed for. It's where you will be ministered to and minister to others. You might need someone to babysit. You might need someone to support you through a crisis. You might need a help. You might need a word from God. You might need a cup of coffee. You might need a text. I don't know what you need, but you ain't gonna get it if you're isolated, if you're not connected. No point saying, where are the pastors? I've lost count of how many names we've got on our database. And I need other people to look after groups. And we have amazing group leaders waiting to look after you. 
they will look after you because they will love you. And it says this, when you do this sort of stuff, Jesus says, by doing this, showing love, everyone will know that you're my disciples if you have love for one another. Uh, Joanna, I wonder if you could pass me that box a moment. You know, many years ago, many, many years ago, over 30 years ago, I used to live and work in a place called Mallorca. And I used to, when I finished my shift at the airport, I would go to the cafe, have a cappuccino, and have a pastry called an ensamada. And I have not tasted these pastries for many, many, many years. And recently, someone who I've connected with in this church went to Spain, and then they got me an ensamada. Ensamada is such a, um, um, a delicate pastry, so you have to carry it carefully. So she goes to the airport with this box, with the pastry in it for me like this. She's got all her luggage and she's carrying this box. This is for Pastor Linda. And she's carrying it and carrying it. And you know the chaos at the airports right now. So as they come into Heathrow, not only are they circling, waiting for a, a landing point, but when they land, they can't get a holding point. And I can't remember how long they were delayed, but it was hours, sat on the tarmac. And here's this box, because it can't go in the hole because it would be damaged. So she's holding it, and she's holding this pastry nice and tight. And then I can just imagine it going through customs and going through the queues and the passport control, holding this and protecting this. And I, her husband even said, why don't you chuck it in the bin? Because it's a nuisance. It's getting in the way, and I've got to confess, I would. <laughs> because I've got all this luggage, and I've got my passport and my teeth, and I'm trying to do everything I need to do, but I'm carrying this gift for someone, and this has become a precious gift. And then she finally gets home late Sunday, and she thinks, I'm going to give it to Pastor Linda on Sunday. But they sleep in because they're so exhausted. And so the pastry has to be eaten by a certain time. She calls me first thing Monday, texts me, oh, I've got a gift for you. Oh, I'm so busy, I'm so sorry, I can't see you today, I say. And then she texts, but I've got you an ensamada. Oh, oh, I must rearrange my schedule. I must go and pick up this gift. And eventually I go round at seven o'clock on Monday evening and I get this gift in the ensamada, and I have got to confess, it was gone by nine o'clock in the evening. I'm not sure I even shared it with Pastor Jason. But it reminded me of a gift that David's mighty men gave to David. They risked their lives because David had just said a comment, just like I'd said a comment, oh, I love ensamadas. David had said, I'd love to taste the water out of the fountain at Bethlehem, but the trouble was there was a Philistine army in the way, so they had to fight through the Philistine army to go and get David a drink of water, precious water that would cost their lives. And when they brought it back to David, what did he do? He said, oh, I can't drink that. And he spilled it on the ground and he dedicated it to God. At first I thought, well, that was rude. They risked their lives. But then I started to realize that there was something beyond normal here. That these men of David had risked their lives and David recognized that God was in this. That it was through them that God was acting and bringing him a gift. That he recognized the hand of God was blessing him. And when she brought me this gift, I recognized this was beyond her. This wasn't just a pastry from Spain, but this was God saying, I love you, Linda. I know 
you, that you'll have memories when you eat this. I know it's something that no one has brought you before. I know it's a gift that no one would know to give you. It's not worth much in money, but it's worth everything because it displays the heart of God. And there are many times as we start to walk with God and get connected to other people that then we are making ourselves available for the Holy Spirit to use us, that we will go beyond the normal and we will step over and we will do things that are costly. We will do things that are inconvenient. We will do things that get in the way of our normal day-to-day life because we want to bless someone, because we want to show that God loves them and we want to be the hands and the feet and the voice of Almighty God into people's lives and we cannot do that when we are isolated. We cannot do that when we are not connected and so when I got this gift, I realised that it was a gift from God and when David got his water, he realised that this most precious water was a gift from God and so he spilled it on the ground and he dedicated it to the Lord and he sacrificed it because he's saying, Lord, these men have sacrificed for me, yet you are the ultimate Lord, that you are the only one worthy of our sacrifice. And so as he poured the water out on the ground, he was declaring to God, thank you, Lord. I am grateful, Lord. I now see how much you are with me because he had been hidden in a cave. And what's more, these men had been hidden in a cave with him because this was his connect group. David's connect group was a band of men that were broken. It was a band of men that were despised. In fact, the Bible calls them, it says, all those who came to David in the cave were distressed or in debt, or discontented, and they gathered around him, and he became their connect group leader. And what happened? They turned them into a mighty army, a mighty army that did exploits for God and for Israel. You know what? There are people, as they gather together in groups, that they will strengthen each other, encourage each other, and they will do mighty exploits for God because their hearts will be turned to the people in the group, and they will become vessels that carry out the love of God towards other people. David's group were on the run. They were cheating, they were hiding, they were scared, they were alone, they were in danger, they were desperate. And yet God used these needy men to come under David who was himself a needy person. And then through time and through trials, and through traumas and through the truth and through depending on each other, they trusted each other and they became transformed into mighty, mighty men. Mighty men and mighty women in this house. Are you willing to carry God's assignments? Are you willing to take hold of stuff that God asks you to do so that you will be a conduit for God's love into other people's lives, that you will not only carry the grace and the love and the expectations and the amazing gifts of God to other people, but you will carry the kingdom of God into the lives of those that don't know him. The leaders of this house, we are all about raising up kingdom carriers and we cannot do that on our own. We need others. We need you. We need you to be our group leaders. We need you to get into groups and it's in those places that we guarantee where God is at work, that your lives will be transformed. Maybe it's time for you to belong. Maybe it's time for you to step over from being a guest. In a moment, I'm gonna 
we're going to show a video of two of our Connect Group leaders. Maybe it's time to realise afresh that you belong in this house, that it's time for you to commit to further, commit to higher, commit to better. I wonder if we could just show a video of two of our Connect Group leaders and then straight after that, we will show you a video of how you can be connected to one of our groups. Hello, my name is Frida Mutemi. I am a group leader of ladies uh, called Blessed Women, a connect group by Elim Church Northampton, where we share and speak the word of God. We, it is hosted on Fridays at 7.30 p.m. If you're interested, please feel free to contact the church. Hope to see you there. Hi, my name is Alex and I run one of the men's groups. We meet online on a Saturday at 10.30 once a fortnight. So if you're male, 25 to 100 and looking to join a group, now you know where to come. <laughs> Go to our website page, click on connect groups. How to join a group and some of you might want to lead a group. And you scroll down and there are about, at the moment, 22 groups on there to choose from. Of all sorts of places, locations, varieties. In fact, we've got um, a mix of in-person groups, a mix of online groups, or those that do both at various locations throughout Northamptonshire. There are men groups, women groups, altogether groups. There are ministry groups. There are even athletic groups, like a badminton group. How cool is that? There are age-related groups, like the young adults group, the diamondaires groups. There are groups for if you've got children you have to take along. There are all sorts of connect groups because we have tried to think about you. We have tried to cover every aspect of life, and we want you to come. We want you to join a group, join a, a spiritual family that you can be long to, where you can be at home with. And so after today's service, I want you to go to the cafe area. Please ask someone if you don't know the way. And there will be some of our Connect Group leaders waiting to speak to you. Just ask them the question, sign up, have a chat, have a free coffee with them. Because our heart is that we want you to belong here at Elam Church Northampton. We want you to grow. We want you to develop. We want you to become a disciple. We want you empowered and transformed. And we know you can only do that together where you belong. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. <laughs>